episode 14 of the Cop Talk Podcast. I'm Brent Brzezicki. Tonight we're joined by Mark Lambert. Jim is obviously taking the day off because I think he was jealous that you took a day off last week or something. Yeah, well, there's different things. Jim actually, uh, he's canceled his doctor appointment so many times for his pre-op appointment for the sex change <laughs> that they told me he wasn't going to get his money back if he canceled, so... <laughs> He had to go there. Maybe the doctor's office will be playing the show and he could listen to it and we could give Jim a shout out. Hey, Jim. You know, that would, I'd kind of fear that if my doctor worked after six o'clock at night because I'm pretty sure he's working out of a van or something. So Jim is pretty cheap. <laughs> ouch. So this is all getting back for what we uh, did to you last week, I guess. Well, yeah, you know, kind of. Um, I didn't get yeah, we, a chance. We knew to it was myself. coming. Jim was kind of yelling or uh, capping off, saying "kitty cop" and graduations. When uh, actually, I was chasing burglary suspects over a hill and getting them into custody. Hmm. But you know, it was kind of interesting listening to the show last week. Um, I realized that if we lose listeners, it's because they have to listen to Jim for a straight hour. I mean, I swore I wasn't going to listen to the show anymore after listening to Jim. But hey, it was kind of exciting, you know, listening to Jim talk about his exciting week of uh, writing tickets for no wake zones and. <laughs> You know, teak surfing on the swim step, you know, low, no fishing license, rescuing the three ducklings, you know, caught in the fast water. He, he does have an exciting job, I got to say. You're not you're not bitter, are you? No, not at okay. all. Not at all. But <laughs> Let's check in. <laughs> all right. So for this week, I guess we can just dive right in because we do have, well, a few different things and a listener question. And I know we wanted to get. When Jim and I were talking last week, if you weren't sleeping through it, we did want to get your aspect on some of the things we touched on last week because obviously it's a totally different, you know, ball of wax between what you do and what uh, what Jim's doing right now. So, right. Yeah, you mean a sex change operation? Yeah, exactly. That's that's precisely it. I think you know, women in law enforcement. I think Jim's <laughs> going to have a lot of challenges on his hands, and he's just he going to do something about that. I just hope he gets his voice changed along with everything else. I think he should leave it. I think that would even be true. <laughs> so in the news this week, just to start us off, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this story about Oakland PD. I, these guys, I think, man, they, they never get any slack, but it looks like they're gonna they're about to lose 150 officers. And that's, uh, that's pretty substantial. I mean, I've, I've heard, I thought we were coming out of the cuts. I mean, I don't know how it is at your department, but... You know, I, I believe that the department I'm working at, we actually hired a couple people just recently. Yeah, no, I mean, all the police departments you hear everywhere because of the, the pension, uh, the pensions are killing the city. And for some reason, it's just caught up with all the cities lately with their uh, the, the budgets. And they're expecting, you know, the police and fire unions to take 10, 20 percent pay cuts. And I mean, that's just that's a huge amount to take a pay cut. And for Oakland to lay off 200 officers, that's 25% of their force. I mean, the city is already ranked the fourth most violent city. And if they take 200 cops off the streets, I mean, I'm hoping it's just a scare tactic and it'll never happen. Right. But uh, if it does happen, there's just, it's that city's going to go off the hook. It's going to jump from the fourth most violent city up to the either first or second most violent city. It's, I mean, it's already violent with all the, um, the shootings. You can't watch the news or open up a newspaper without reading about some shootings or or uh drive-bys in oakland and by pulling 25 percent of their cops and giving them the pink slips laid off it's just going to be really really bad yeah i mean that's and that's probably most of the people that just got hired that would be 
laid off. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, last hired, you know, is the first to get laid off, but it's still a beat cop on the street. I mean, they're, those are positions that are, they're just going to, you know, vacate. Well, and it's most, it's actually most definitely probably a beat cop on the street versus somebody else. It's, I mean, because first hire, that's usually where you end up first. Right. Your people so, with seniority are going to be in the specialized positions, detectives or working, you know, Monday through Friday or something. The the other guys are going to be, you know, the guys that work the Friday, Saturday nights, the weekends, the most violent time. And they're going to have to backfill, you know, instead of having maybe eight beats, they're going to have to cut it down to like four beats. And the response times are going to go down. So the people that call the police for a cold, what we call a cold crime not in progress there they may not even get an officer there that day or they may have to go to a phone bank to to call in certain crimes it's the level of service if they take 200 cops off the street is going to go way down people are going to notice that immediately oh i know that's i mean technically that's what happened in our in my department which is you know we used to have 16 cars on the street on a weekend for the entire area and now we have four right so you know with our city um a full crew should be eight cops on the street and if you have a couple of people off that are injured a couple of people on vacation if all of a sudden you're down to four or five uh people all of a sudden you notice the the calls for service they start stacking up and the response time just goes down the tube um you know you get a call three four hours later and the people are all mad and yelling at you saying how come you weren't here earlier they don't realize there may only be four or five cops on the street. Right. Well, I used to work for a towing company. I know all about getting yelled at. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, it was brutal to say the least. But I mean, that's um, obviously there's you know there's hot calls and then there's less important calls. But I guess when you're the person who makes that call, it doesn't matter if it's important or not. It's important to you, and uh, you know those are all calls that that we want to get done. It's just sometimes they're a little lower on the pole, so to speak. Well, those are the calls that are going to suffer. I mean, yeah. the shots fired, the robberies in progress, they're still going to be breaking people to get to those. But, you know, the person that comes home and finds that their house has been broken into and their house ransacked and they call for an officer to come out and take a report or, you know, the guy that wakes up in the morning finds his car is on jacks and all four tires are gone and he's waiting for an officer, you know, he may have to wait a few hours or be told, hey, we'll take a phone report. Um <laughs> If there's just not, you know, if the officers are handling hot calls, it's going to be a while before they can get to the cold calls. Let's talk about making you not feel the love. Yeah. I'll hey, see. my car's gone. Thanks. <laughs> press one. Yeah, press one. Exactly. If you're complaining about an officer's time for response, please press two. <laughs> Dial tone. So... All right. So, yeah, I mean, I, it, we'll have to see how it pans out. I mean, I know I know a bunch of guys over there. I think I'm hoping I've heard this before come out of that department, but I'm just hoping well, I'm it hoping it's a scare tactic. I mean, but San Jose is doing the same thing. I just saw on the news this afternoon that San Jose said that they got concessions out of a lot of their unions. But the police and firefighters union hasn't agreed to a 10 or 20 percent cut yet. And the city, uh, the mayor flat out said, if if the police officers association or the union doesn't give us concessions, there's going to be cop layoffs. If the firefighters don't give us concessions, we're going to have to lay off firefighters. Right. And, you know, most, including us, most departments have already given up raises for the last couple of years because um, the city always promises, hey, things will get better. Just, you know, help us out. 
and uh, forego the raise this year and we'll make it right. Well, after you give up a raise for three years or four years on the promises that everything's going to get right, and then they come after you for even more, there's got to be a point where, you know, they just say enough is enough. Yeah, and then you have to balance losing a few officers versus, you know, losing your entire command staff who decides to retire. So right, that becomes a whole nother political bombshell that I want nothing to do with. That's why I yeah. work for free, man. It's, it's so much easier <laughs> that way. Yeah, you don't. All you have to do is worry about getting fired. Yeah, I don't even have to. Re- well, I mean, yeah, I'd have to do something pretty horrible. So, like this show every week. No, <laughs> you're fired. Yeah, exactly. See, it's that easy. So the the next one here is something that I found in the news yesterday, and I I'm absolutely amazed at if this ever comes true. I I think I'm going to quit. So apparently California has decided to um, look into putting digital advertisements on your license plates for a way to actually make revenue. So like I'm sitting behind, you know, your car in traffic when the car stopped and digital advertisements start playing across the license plate frame. And if I call and purchase something because of that, the state gets paid. One word for that, ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's insanity. But, yeah. I mean, creative. But yet, could you imagine how many accidents would come from that? I mean, people, hey, what's that say on the lights? Boom. <laughs> well, oh, supposedly. Just, just trying to order pizza, <laughs> the coupon code on your, and that crashed into your car. Well, you know, it might be a kind of a duck pond for officers. They could write a lot of tailgating tickets because yeah, exactly. people would be trying to catch up to the car in front of them to see what their license uh, said fifty percent off. It said fifty percent <laughs> off, officer. Yeah, oh. it was a Craigslist ad. It said for a good time call. Yeah. So I was trying to call and I crashed into a tree. <laughs> yeah, from what time. I understand, I think it said once the car gets going over five miles an hour, or or if it. It, if it stops for over five seconds, then the scrolling starts, and when it takes off, it stops. But who's going to be in charge of maintaining all that? <laughs> Not and, me. You know, and you know the the crooks are going to find some way to to jury rig that to to where it won't show their actual license plate. It, it, just a ridiculous idea. Well, in my the, the sad part is the interesting part in that article is the fact that it actually says that the driver of the car might get paid for that. Also, yeah, they get so, some kind of royalties out of it yeah. or something. So basically, I drive around with a billboard on my vehicle, and you can pay my DMV fees. So if they want to do that, be like taxis. Mount the little thing on top of your car, <laughs> or put a scrolling <laughs> sign in your back window. But don't mess with license plates. They're they're hard enough to read already when you're in a pursuit of somebody, or uh, you know, or trying to get a plate on a vehicle. I mean, you don't think it should be scrolling. It shouldn't be scrolling ads while you're trying to figure out what what it says at 100 miles an hour. Come on. No, no. You you get a uh, description of a bank robbery vehicle with a license plate, and you come up to a stoplight, and it's scrolling an ad for Domino's Pizza, and you can't see the plate. (laughs) Don't think it would be a good idea. (laughs) Well, I'm hoping that the ad would fill the whole plate, but Uh, it would be like a top or a bottom. But, I mean, that would be even more funny because that would be great. You just (laughs) auto-scroll. Anytime you went through like a, you know, a red light camera and it could be, you know, pizza 50% off. Here you go. So 
I mean, or it, it might be funny if the guy robs a Bank of America, and when you get behind it, it's scrolling a Bank of America ad. Yeah, as long <laughs> as long as you could hack into it and make your own messages, I'd be cool with it. Uh, and you know somebody would do that. You know that would happen. I'm I'm hoping that just goes away. So like I said it would do get back to a Craigslist ads or something. Oh yeah, no, it could just stream out all the pornographic ones. That'd be cool too. You know, I sell stuff on eBay. Maybe it's a good idea. I could sell more stuff on eBay. Yeah, you could just have your own ads run on your own car. Yeah, just put the website on there or something. While you're at it, just put where you live and your social security <laughs> number and everything else, and I'm sure you'd have a great time. Exactly. So, All right, so we did get a listener question that was, I mean, I guess it's a little bit off topic for what we do with, but overall, in the end, I think we have to sort of deal with this because we end up going to the place when they're trying to receive the goods, but... Um, what they basically the question that came up was that they got a default judgment on a case and that they're trying to collect the money from the case, but they're basically unable to find the person and track this person down. So, I mean, I've I saw the reply that we sent to this person. I mean, obviously, there's why don't you hit on a couple of those topics real quick of how, you know, the easy ways to find it. And then maybe we can add a few. Yeah, I mean, you're right. We usually get into the, it's a civil matter, and we usually get into that in the beginning or the end. But it sounds like this person was asking for um, information on kind of in the middle of it. They got the judgment. They're trying to figure out how to find the well, guy. I mean, in, in some cases, I mean, I've had default judgments, and it's basically impossible to get your money. You know, you might have won the case, but you didn't actually win the prize. So you, know, you might never get your money. And right. I think that trying to find people today is is actually relatively easy. Well, uh, it is. With the technology they have nowadays, it, it's very easy. Um, but I mean, are there are there professional people that do this on a daily basis? There are. I mean, one thing I think one of the replies was public records. You go to the county building in your area, and you'd be surprised what you could find out about people, their properties, you know, properties that are in certain people's names and whatnot. You could check public records, and that's that's the key word: public records. It's available oh, yeah. to the public. They could look at I mean, the guy's name. I can name. tell you what I can tell you what everybody on my street basically makes, and also how much their house is worth just by going to the internet. Oh, yeah. On the so, Internet, you could look. If you Google somebody's name, it's amazing the replies you get, along with all the offers of um, businesses that you could, you could get information on people for free. There's uh, ones more in-depth where you pay a certain fee and you could find out where they work, cell phone numbers. I mean, you name it. And if, if this person, like we mentioned, if it was a substantial judgment and worth the money... They could get a private investigator and just let them do all the legwork. The private investigator will find where they're living, where they're working, uh, you know, any information on somebody. Yeah, but that's if the, that's if it's worth it, because you know a lot of private investigators they're not cheap. Right. Um, but it, you know, if they got a pretty good judgment, it's worth a few hundred bucks or five hundred bucks or whatever to to find the guy. Then so be it. If it's and a you judgment, don't and you don't have to deal with it. You don't you don't have to do anything except lift up the phone. Right. And, and that's, that's probably probably quite a bit safer in some respects. Yeah. Yeah, cuz if you start tracking somebody down or going to their work or something it can be, you know, a little dangerous. But like I said, if if they just google the person's name, they could find out a lot of stuff for free um on the internet, especially if they know the general area the guy lives. Um they can get a lot of information for free on the internet. Right. 
Yeah. And just, like we also said, Facebook and MySpace, you read, you hear stories all the time about how somebody found a long lost child by searching Facebook right. or MySpace. So they could try that because a lot of people put way too much information about themselves on on those websites. Heck, Facebook hooks me back up with a bunch of people I don't want to know. Oh, yeah. I uh, just for the heck of it, I'm, I'm not I don't think I'm even honored anymore, but. When I first signed up for an account, I was getting all these things from people I went to high school with, you know, many, many, many years ago, wanting to be my friend. I go, wow, that's pretty easy to find people, I guess. Yeah, so what, you, all the people you beat up at school or what? <laughs> yeah, we'll let that one go. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so, it's, yeah, so no, that must be Jim. So, I mean, to sum it up, I guess, the, they need to do their research and then they need to, you know, either spend the money to have it done professionally or try to go and just handle it themselves in hopefully the safest possible way. Really in general though, the beat cop, the guy on the street is not going to be involved with this at all. No, unless, not at all. Unless they, they get into a confrontation. Well, no, I mean at this point where the person has the, uh, the judgment the default to judgment in their favor, an officer is not going to go into their computer and try to look this guy up for him. I mean, police officers can't go into their computer and look up people for no reason or run right. you know, somebody's name for no reason. So an officer is not even going to get involved in that. Yeah, but I mean, if you have a judgment against me and you want it, and then you came over to my house and start harassing me for the money, uh, the beat guy is going to come up and be like, you, as in you, need to get out of here. Right. right. We're not going to go in the correct. guy's house and grab the money for you. Right. So I think that's important that people understand that we don't do that work. <laughs> right. I mean, the best thing is to find out where the guy lives or works through a uh, private investigator or through Internet info, and then you can get a lien against him. If you find right. out he's working somewhere, you get a lien against him, and they'll, you know, they'll take it out of his paycheck for you. Right, or potentially never get your money ever. Exactly. It'll pend until the day he dies. Yeah, and then they move out of state and all of this goes away. So, right. But you know the great thing? I've seen people that uh, get pissed off at somebody and they'll put like a $200 lien against somebody's property and the person can never sell their property until right. that lien is taken care of. So they could always do something like that just to be a thorn in somebody's side. Well, I can tell you that the person I want a judgment against, which was for a considerable amount of money, they uh, all they did, did Jim was... Paid you yet? No, no, that'd be the other person. But oh. no, the what they did is they um, just got in more trouble and more trouble with more important people. So like the IRS and everybody else, and they just all came before me and my settlement. So it was uh, it was very interesting to see how you can work the system to to really you know screw. There is a pecking order. Yeah, and it wasn't. I was not at the top. I'll tell you that. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> so last week. Just you know, moving on from the question, I I think we're I'm going to try to get a hold of that uh, person and see if they uh, want a book because that's a that's a book question right there. Uh, last week we talked about you know how people get into the middle of what they're not supposed to be, and I I know we wanted to get your point of view on a few different topics. I think that and the people we meet in the field and a few other things. So I mean, if you want to you know jump into that one, then that's that's probably a good next topic. Well, I heard you guys talking last time about the types of people that that you face on traffic stops. And, you know, when you were working that special event, some of the people you deal with, and you guys mentioned maybe Mark can have a spin on it. I mean, you guys pretty much covered it. 
Um, bottom line is there's usually in our line of work, there's three types of people that that you deal with. The first types, you're you know normal law-abiding citizen. They're polite, they're respectful, very easy to deal with. Um, number two is the asshole, which I think you mentioned that you met that night. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Sarca- <laughs> Couple of them. <laughs> Sarcastic, belligerent. They're always disrespectful, you know. And they no never think for, that they are. Yeah, yeah. They just, they act that way all the time. No yeah. respect for, I mean, not just law enforcement, oh, but no. no respect for other people, other people's property. They don't even have respect for themselves. Their own parents, yeah. 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 And then the the third people we come across, and these are the most dangerous, that's the number two asshole trying to act like the number one normal polite citizen. And if you have, you know, we come across the the normal asshole, um, and all of a sudden he's, well, yes, officer, you know, no, sir, yes, sir. I mean, you know it's a game, and you know that's when the the hairs go up on the back of your neck and the little red flags go up that this guy's either going to plan something or he's trying to hide something. And, uh, those are the ones that really you got to be careful of. Right. And that's, you know, that's when hopefully training and everything else that we do comes into play to try to figure out what that person's trying to hide or why they're acting that way. Right. And you were also talking about like Jim's saying traffic stops, how you're, you know, with the economy, the way it is, pulling people over with, you know, no insurance and, uh, you know, the expired registration and when to have a heart and not to have a heart. And it's, it's every officer's call when they pull over somebody. And it is true. If I pull over someone and their registration's expired a month or two and they go, you know, officer, I lost my job. I'm doing the best I can. You know, I, I have my insurance. Here's my insurance. I thought that was, you know, the, the most important thing to have and my tags, I'm going to get cleared up and whatever time, you know, I can give a break to somebody like that, but you pull over the guy or the lady in there in the Cadillac and the registrations expired a year. They have a fake tag stuck on the year tag. They have no insurance whatsoever. And yet, you know, the driver's got their nails all done. They've got 26s on the car, the wheels, they got a $3,000 stereo blurring, you know, and they're all dressed nice, well, they're going to get a ticket. If, you know, they can't afford insurance and, and registration, but they could afford all that other nice stuff and the wheels and the stereo, then they could afford a ticket. Their priorities are mixed up. It's not like the first person saying, hey, I have insurance. That's the most important thing to me if I get in an accident, you know, because I want to make sure I don't screw other people, you know, by being an uninsured motorist. You know, that person's going to get a break from me on the registration, but but not the person that's got their priorities all mixed up. Yeah, that's uh, I've seen that. Oh yeah. When your you, wheels are nicer, when your wheel, <laughs> when your wheels are nicer than your house, we got a problem. <laughs> yeah, and they and don't you have in your front yard. They don't have yeah. insurance and all the other good things. Yeah, I, it, truly amazing. And actually, it was interesting when I was at that that special detail. The one of the guys that was working security at it, he was out near the street area watching cars go past and all this and. You know, he said, I've seen more cars go past with like $8,000 worth of rims and these, and yet this neighborhood looks like hell and there's garbage all over the place. So I just don't get it. And I go, I, I know what you mean. Cause he didn't come from, he wasn't from California. He was from uh, Minnesota. I think he said, it's just so different here that it is from home. You know, we walk down the street and we pick up the trash because we want our neighborhood to look good. You know, it's like, I guess that has to do with respect, though, and it has to do with, you know, caring for where you live. 
Yeah. It's kind of why everything goes down the toilet. So that is for sure. Did you want to talk a little bit on the excuses that you get? Because I know you work traffic for years, so I'm sure that you got a million of them. That that's a whole show in itself. <laughs> well, we got a couple minutes. You want to hit a couple of them? <laughs> oh, there. I mean, I think we covered that at one other time. The most, the best one I could remember was the guy that said he had an accident in his pants. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, he got to keep the pen after he signed the uh, <laughs> citation. But I mean, other people are speeding. They say, "Oh, I left my uh, my two year old home alone while I went to the store, so I'm hurrying up to to get home." You know, they they kind of put their foot in their mouth because then you say, "You left a two year old home alone." <laughs> um, it creates uh, other not problems. Your, not your day is what I'm going <laughs> to chalk that up to. So uh, the funny ones are when all the residents on a street start complaining that they have speeders. Uh, flying up and down their street, you know, 100 miles an hour every single day. So we sent a couple of motor officers out there, and they start pulling over cars. And guess who most of the violators are? The people the pe- that live in that neighborhood. The people who run the association that asked for him? Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the people that called, the majority of time are the ones that are speeding up and down the street. Yeah, that actually happened in my neighborhood, and they wanted to put in radar signs to uh, catch people on photo radar. Yeah, so they actually asked me about that, and they said, do you think that's a good idea? And I said, maybe you should go out there and figure out who you're pulling over before you start issuing citations. <laughs> so they actually posted somebody, and yeah, it was pretty much all the people on the board. Yeah. So, you know, that was, uh, I think it would have been great, but uh, we have, you know, huge problems because it's a, it's basically a private neighborhood that doesn't have active patrol, which, I mean, there's quite a few of them in California. And, you know, the city cop doesn't want to come in unless they get an active call that's actually something that's not traffic related. Mm -hmm. So there's no enforcement in here. So what are you going to do? I mean, you just blow through the stop signs and do whatever you want. So that's, uh, it's kind of cool. It's like anarchy. (laughs) <laughs> right in the middle of, you know, of the city that you live in. Just because they think it's safer that way when you put in a guard check. But, uh, yeah, don't uh, don't believe it. Yeah. The criminals will still come and get you. Unless they, they have do, a, unless even they have a in a gated community. Yeah, well, unless they have a restraining order, then they'll, they'll get them at the gate. So just watch out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as for uh, excuses, I mean, there, there's a ton of them. And... When I was a motor cop, you hear just about everything, but don't lie to a police officer. They could work with honesty. Um, I remember I gave somebody a break. They, they blew through a stop sign, and when I pulled them over, I said, you didn't see the stop sign? And they said, well, officer, I saw the stop sign. I didn't see you. I mean, it's that kind of honesty. <laughs> I actually gave them a break. I told them I appreciate your honesty. They had the registration order. They had insurance. And, you know, it was an easy ticket, but I appreciated their honesty. It made me laugh. It was an excuse I hadn't heard before. And so I just gave them a warning. But the so, ones that the yeah, ones normally, that normally, me, sir, normally, sir, I never stop here. But since you're there, I should. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Good. You know, the ones that lie, <laughs> I stopped. Or, uh, you know, you, you didn't see me. That was another car. The ones that just flat-out lie and try to come up with excuses, I don't even argue with them. They, they get a ticket every time. But the yeah. people that are straight up and honest, uh, I mean, you can't give everybody a break when they're doing stupid things if they're going 90 miles an hour, you know, down the road in a 
you know, in a 55 zone or something, they're going to get a ticket. But the most part, officers appreciate honesty. And um, a lot of times you'll get a break more often than not. Right. Well, I mean, I stopped. Yeah, you stopped here. You didn't stop at the stop sign. And secondly, you know, I guess I guess it comes down to the fact that if you're being honest and you're still going to get and you get a ticket anyway, it's because you're just going to get a ticket. You know, there's no there's no way around it. You know, you could be honest. And if they're if, if the guys on the street are instructed to write tickets for that area because this area is having huge problems and you're one of the problems, you're you're going to get a ticket. Yeah, special so. enforcement areas, they pretty much everything they stop gets a ticket. Right. And, that's and especially the, if it's the car on 26s with no insurance and a fake tag stuck on the back of it and a loud stereo, you could hear three blocks away, yeah, you're going to get a ticket. Yeah, that car's stolen, so that person shouldn't need insurance. <laughs> so that other, what I would say is that the other person didn't have insurance in the car and that I'll just be getting out now, sir. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, this isn't my car. <laughs> so yeah, I've How'd heard. I get in this car. Yeah, whoa, is this mine? Oh, hey, cool. <laughs> I got in the wrong car, officer. I totally picked this up at the Seven Eleven. So the uh, yeah, I guess so. So last week, um, after you know, you obviously had a problem with Jim giving you so much uh, flack. The uh, I guess you were out actually doing some real police work. So it, it, you said that you wanted to hit on that story because that story sort of showed kind of the reason why we wrote the book and that's to make people more alert into what they're doing what what happened with that if just a few people hear this story and take the time to be a little more alert i mean it makes it all worth it Mm -hmm. um we got a call of uh suspicious subjects in front of a house didn't even come out as a burglary at first suspicious subjects in front of a house they're pacing back and forth in front of the house they're unknown to the area um, a minute later, another neighbor called in, so they went up to the front door of a house, and then they walked away. And so it's it's one of the neighborhoods where people, you know, it's a neighborhood watch area. People are actively looking out for strange stuff. So two different neighbors called in. And so we were a little tied up. It took a few minutes to start getting officers there. And the first officer on scene sees these two guys that were described by the neighbors fleeing out the backyard of this house <clears throat> up into the foothills behind the house. So That's more not units suspicious. Are, yeah, yeah. So more <laughs> units are coming in, um, trying to set up a perimeter. As I'm driving down the street, I see one of the subjects up on top of the hill. I get This guy owns like an acre behind his house the, up in the foothills. Um, I see one of the guys up at the top of the hill, and the minute he sees me, he disappears over the top of the hill. So I go running up to the house. I knock on the door and have him secure their pit bulls. And so I go up through his yard, up over the crest of the hill where I saw this guy, and the grass is about two or three feet tall. And as I'm searching, I see a glimpse of uh, white in this drainage ditch. And as I get closer, I could see the guy was laying on his back in this drainage ditch. So I took him down at gunpoint and, uh, you know, got him into custody and I arrested him and they got the other guy who had ran down the hill down to a a street down below, um, got him into custody and they asked that guy what he was doing. He goes looking for lizards. And the guy that I arrested when he was laying in the ditch, I go, what are you doing up here? He goes, visiting family. I go, what are they buried up here in a shallow grave or, (laughs) or what? So what it turned out is, Ah, cop humor. 
<laughs> what it turned <laughs> out is they were they one of they were from out of the area. Um, they found this house, and and that's the way the burglars do it. They look around, they try to find a house. Um, obviously, they didn't see the cameras that were mounted on the corners of this house. But they went up, and you could see him in the video. He puts his finger inside of his T-shirt and pushes the doorbell. He didn't want to get fingerprints on anything. <laughs> so he pushes the doorbell, and uh, they left for a few minutes, and they came back. And when they saw that no one was home, no answer, one of them went around the back and broke in. Mm. And they had you know, plastic gloves that you could get at the the hardware store they put gloves on to save the fingerprints they had stacked up all this person's jewelry electronics everything by the back door um, they had a car nearby and one of them came out the front door to go get the car they had the tv stacked up everything ready to go they were just going to load up and and split and when he came out the front door he saw the police car approaching so he ran back through the house and that's when they bailed out the back up into the foothills if the alert citizens hadn't called, this person did not have an alarm system. They did have cameras, but no alarm system. So it would have gone undetected. If nobody called in, um, these people would have got the TVs, the jeweler, everything loaded up in the car. They would have been gone. And maybe through the video down the road, the people may or may not have been identified, but the property would have been long gone. Right. Um, but thanks to the alert neighbors, we got on scene. We were able to get both of them into custody. One of them was on uh, probation for burglary. Say no, so. you yeah. don't say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah, they're both in custody. They're both in jail with enhancements. The person has their property, and and everything turned out good, all because of an alert citizen. And that that's just it. If if people see things in their neighborhood that just doesn't look right. Um, so people, you know, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about the guy taking a walk through your neighborhood that you've never seen before, but you know, suspicious car parked on the street, suspicious subjects in front of a house. If it doesn't look right, call the police, give them a description, which is what we got. And that's how we were able to, you know, spot them running. Um, give a description of the vehicle license plate. If you have it, uh, we cover that in depth. I think a few episodes ago, where right. even if the car leaves, if the officer has a license plate, he may find it four streets over, um, you know, getting ready to do a burglary over there. So give a good description and at least get the police rolling. If it's nothing, then it's nothing. We'll check the people out. If they don't have warrants, haven't you know, committed a crime, they're on their way. Well, and I mean, today, a license plate's even more important because we can actively search for that license plate on the way in or in some cars with license plate recognition software in it, it'll do it all by itself while you're driving to the call. So, right. you know, it actually, you can actively go and, and, you know, basically you could put that plate right in the system immediately and it can start scanning. So you can grab that person on the way to the call or even on the way after the call in case you hadn't found it the first time. So a lot of, a lot of cool technology out there for finding guys. I, I personally think that those guys are just playing like the home kit of CSI and I think they shouldn't have gone to jail, but yeah, maybe right. that's just me, you know. <laughs> and if it, and if Jim was here, he'd ask you, well, what did you respond to the incident in? And I, I think there would be some kind of smart butt answer like an ice cream truck because you work with kids all the time. So yeah, exactly. it would have been something like that. But uh, you know, really while cool. I was out while I was out doing real police work and arresting burglars, I can't remember what Jim was doing, saving the ducklings from the river or something like that. He was teak surfing. That's right. 
That's which right. is actually something I'd never heard of in my life, but does sound like fun. <laughs> so, but don't try that at home. That's all I got to say. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, that kind of wraps up our topics for this week. I mean, we can keep this show a little bit short. Um, Actually, I got one more quick one. Uh, no, I think we're we're out unless you've no, got. No, I've got one more quick oh, one. But wait, before we go on, how does somebody get involved with Neighborhood Watch? Just call your police department. So they have, they usually have a person that's dedicated to that program or their, their citizens programs. Well, with budget cuts now, you may not find one, mm. but more than likely they could refer you to somebody in the neighborhood. Um, right. they're, they're citizens that are like the captains of the block and they could refer you to the captain of that area of the block to get materials, to tell you when meetings are. And at least with our police department, I know when the budget allowed it, um, the neighborhood meetings, they notify us when their meetings are and they'd send the beat officer there because the best person to tell you or inform the citizens about what problems are in the neighborhood and what precautions to take is the officer that works in that area. Right. And so uh, I, I think the majority of police departments still have that, or at least they could refer you to citizens that are block captains that uh, could let you know where and when the meetings are. Right. And I guess on the flip side of that, I know we've talked at a couple neighborhood watch things, um, you know, based on the book and all of that, you know, it, I guess as a, you know, as a bad, as just a, a plug for the book itself, really a lot of stuff that's discussed at Neighborhood Watch stuff is covered in that. So, I mean, a lot of the articles on the site and a lot of that is really stuff that makes you aware of what you need to look for on a daily basis to be able to report those things. But I think the biggest thing is many people just don't want to make the call. And, you know, my theory is, is I rather have you call and it be nothing than you to call and it have been something. Well, that's so. just it. A lot of people will call and say, well, you know, it, it's probably nothing. I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to call. I don't want to look like a fool if it's nothing, right. but you know, then again, that could be the burglary um, right. or, or the please, bank. If, if something doesn't look right to you now, Granted, we do have some of the chronic people that call 30 times a day. You know, a strange bird flew through my yard. I've never seen that bird before. I mean, it almost seems like they call for that kind of stuff. It's, I mean, really, the chronic ones are a pain in the butt. But you never know. Even the chronic ones, they may come up with a good tip to solve a burglary. Right. Um, but if, if something looks strange... You know, you're the ones in your neighborhood. You're you're the ones that live there. You're the ones, and hopefully you know who belongs and who doesn't. If you see the car load from out of the area pull up and stop in front of a house, and you know they don't live there, and you see somebody go to the door or, you know, especially jump over a fence, I mean, call right away. Unfortunately, there's people that don't want to get involved um, that just ignore the problem. Then they see police cars down the street later, you know, and realize their, their neighbor's house got broken into. Well, I one, can, day, one day uh, it could be your house. Well, and I mean, I, I mean, I was driving to work the other day and driving down the freeway on the side of the freeway. There's a truck parked with a lady sitting at the back corner of the truck on the ground on the freeway shoulder. Was it holding, No, holding her basically like newborn kid on the side of the freeway. And I'm like, there is nothing more dangerous than being on the side of the freeway outside of your vehicle. Right. So, I mean, I got on the phone and called CHP and said, hey, you really should get somebody out there because that is just that's a tragedy waiting to happen right there. Because, yep. people, especially in the mornings when people are more interested in their coffee than driving their car or I mean, 
sleep as much as I do and just drive all over the road anyway. So, right. you know, and I, even as an officer, I call in on stuff, you know, my own neighborhood, you know, I'm not going to play, you know, RoboCop like Jim and, uh, you know, go out. That's, and check that's Robo, Robo Boat Cop. Yeah. Robo, Robo. Rubber, rubber boat cop. Jim. Rubber boat cop. <laughs> that's good. He'll like that. <laughs> he might even put that on his shirt. <laughs> RBC. There you go. Rubber boat cop. <laughs> I'm glad he, I bet he's glad that his boat was rubber when he ran it into the other one. I can tell you that much. Yeah, he didn't like to talk about that too much on the air. But yeah, yeah I don't think you're supposed to ram. You know, I don't think you're supposed to do the pit maneuver <laughs> in a boat. But hey, that's Jim. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, that's Jim. So <laughs> bottom line is call. Um, we'd rather get out there and find out it's nothing. You know, that it's a uh, appraiser or something in front of a house just doing something legal than, than to go and take the paper later. And that's what we wrote the book about. You know, people don't call. And then all of a sudden later, the homeowner comes home and then we got to send a cop out there to spend an hour fingerprinting and, and uh, taking photographs and, and everything of the burglary. When, you know, the neighbor walks up and says, oh, you know, I did see something earlier. earlier. It looked a little strange, but I, I didn't call. That's not what we want. We'd rather get the call at the time and make sure it's nothing. Right, and I mean, and that's how we got these two burglars in custody. I mean, the burglars probably the burglaries would have continued for weeks to come, you know, around in that area, if we didn't catch them. And luckily, uh, thanks to two citizens, we were able to catch them. We had to send them a book. Yeah, we should. <laughs> Heck, thanks for thanks for doing our job. Here's a book. Right. Oh, I mean, thanks for being a good citizen. Here's our book. <laughs> that's what I meant. Sorry. Hey, so the last thing I wanted to cover. Yep. Was we were talking, and it has to do with getting involved, but it also has to do with when not to get involved. There's a time to get involved and a time not to get involved. There's, you know, get involved by picking up the phone and calling. But just a few days ago, I'm in my garage tinkering with my motorcycles, and I hear all this yelling down at the end of the street. And uh, I look up and I see these two gangbanger guys on one side of the street, you know, raising their hands up, yelling, what's up, all kinds of profanities. And I see a guy on the other side of the street. I guess he had just stopped in his car. I guess they flashed signs at him or something, and he slammed on his brakes, and he's with his girlfriend. He's got to be the big man. So they're in a confrontation, and he's he's trying to get over to these two guys to do something. His girlfriend's hanging on to him. And I could hear her screaming, get back in the car. No, stop. Get back in the car. And so I'm not going to be a gym and go down there. So I just pick up the phone and I call the local PD. I said, hey, not, wait, wait, wait. Here. you're not going to drive your boat down into his car. Come on. <laughs> and that's that would have been no. a spectacle. I bet you that would have broke up any fight going on. Yeah. Just get in my little rubber boat and go yeah. down there. Just drive right down the street, right onto his Cadillac with 26. No. Well, most cops you'll find they're they're good witnesses when something happens. If it's something major, gunshots going off or something, yeah, I'll grab my gun, I get involved. But you know, little fights or something like that, I'm not going to get involved. But they're they're getting ready to go at it, and so I just called the local PD, said you better get somebody over here, gave them you know the full description and everything. And so this guy's girlfriend is yelling, "Get in the car, get in the car!" She's trying to stop her boyfriend, and they're getting ready to duke it out. And uh, he shoves his girlfriend. She goes down on her butt in the driveway of a house. And all of a sudden, this woman comes out of the house. She's like 70 years old. And she comes down, and she thinks she's a savior. And she gets in between these people. Oh, wow. And I was just waiting for, a, you know, if a knife came out, 
she's going to be right in the middle of it. If a gun came out and shots were fired, they're not going to care that she's there. And so I would just, then I was waiting for it to get really ugly. And luckily it broke up and they walked away from each other without it getting ugly. But this lady came out of her house and instead of just calling the police, you know, and being a second person calling in, because if we get more than one call, then we know it's urgent. It's, we know it's real. We know it's urgent. So instead of calling and saying there's people in my driveway just getting ready to fight and screaming and yelling, she walks down and she gets in between them is trying to kind of shove this guy backwards. And yeah. um, not, I, a, just, not a great plan when you're getting beat up by a 60-year-old. That might just put somebody over the edge. Well, yeah. I mean, these guys were adults. They were probably 18 to 20 years old. But she went down there thinking that she could just talk them and calm them down. In this day and age, you don't. I mean, she's very lucky a gun didn't come out because she probably would have been shot. She was right in the line of fire of this guy. Or if they decided to go at it with knives, she would have been in the middle of a knife fight. And, you know, there's a time not to get involved like that. In a case like that, make the phone call. Don't don't go out and get physically, uh, you know, involved trying to save somebody. Yeah. I mean, and most cops don't do that. I mean, unless right. it's an immediate life-threatening emergency, that's what you're, you know, that's what the guys on duty are for. But I mean, we're can... always telling people to get involved, but there's a way to get involved <laughs> yeah. and a way not to get involved. Well, what was that I mean... bank robber? It was a couple of weeks ago. There was a bank robbery, and the guy's in line, and the guy in front of him pulls out a gun, and he's right behind the guy. And what does he do? He grabs him, gets him in a bear hug. And he held him until the cops got there. I mean, that was great. He was a hero, but he could have been a dead hero, too. So, yep. he, I mean, they don't recommend, police don't recommend getting physically involved in a, in a violent crime, you know, unless unless you're prepped to do so. Right. And, and what's amazing is there's always somebody bigger and meaner than you, and it might be that person. You know, right. I, I, and I guess on the flip side, in today's day, you know, with cell phones and you know, cameras on your phone and all that. You can always be involved as a good witness. One that has video, take a picture. Yeah. uh, One that has all the good information, all the directions of travel of the vehicles, all that stuff that we usually get there and go, yeah, did anybody see anything? Oh no. Right. You know, and that's, and that for us makes it like impossible to do any follow up on it. And then, you know, that the citizen that's affected by it thinks that, you know, you can't do well. You can't do anything. Well, no. You mean you didn't get a license plate. You don't know what they're wearing. You don't know the description of the person. I well, mean, what do you expect it, us to do? Uh, I could just go yank somebody off the street and tell them, that, you know, <laughs> you're guilty. But I don't think that that's really going to, you know, solve the problem that you had. So, but we cover that. I mean, to be the best witness you can. I mean, everybody sees something different. If you have a robbery and you ask six people what they saw, you're going to get six different answers. They're going to be somewhat the same. But the height's going to be different. Maybe the color of the hair is going to be different. The shirt's going to... I mean, everybody sees something different, especially especially under stress. But right. be the best witness you can. Get a you know, clothing description, direct under tra- direction of travel. Uh, Picture of the car. Description. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you can get the license plate, great. But otherwise, you know, two-door or four-door, you know, dark green or light green, um, older or newer, and just get a good description. Give it to us and... A lot of times the officer will probably see that car or those people on his way into the area. Right. But um, be a good witness. This this lady, this 70-year-old lady, was really lucky. I mean, the guy's girlfriend got shoved down on her ass hard 
on the sidewalk. And if this 70-year-old woman got shoved down, she could have broke a hip and, you know, been in a wheelchair the rest of her life. So yeah, or, or died from it. So, I mean, that's a whole other thing, you know. So get involved, be a good witness, but don't get, don't put yourself in danger in the, uh, in the middle of it. And that's basically what I wanted to cover with that story. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I think that kind of wraps it up for this week. We're right about an hour anyway. The, yeah, Jim, uh, Jim probably had his boob lift done by now. I ho- Hopefully he's got his boobs and they're okay. Yeah, well, I guess I'll work on his voice next. That's going to take some work, though, because he's got a pretty deep voice. So yeah, A very irritating voice, too. Oh, irritating. Especially when it goes on for an hour. So Just because you're jealous that you didn't get to be on the show last week. Jeez. Uh, he's my brother. I got to love him, I yeah. guess. Oh, yeah. You should hear what he said about you. No, I won't go into oh, that. Oh, I heard so, what he said. Last oh, good. Oh, so, I, I, I'm glad he called you. you no, know, I would have paid money to hear the pre-show. <laughs> it was bad enough just listening to his uh, capping on me in the show. Uh, yeah, I, that's why I erased the pre-show because it's really, it's really it just evidence. for us. Yeah. So I mean, I guess to round out this week, you know, the best way to get in touch with us is to uh, go to the website. You can email us there anonymously. You can send us your questions. What is that website, Brent? Uh, that's uh, that would be coptalk.info. And uh, you can find all the episodes are there. You can listen to them right on the site, or you can uh, subscribe in iTunes. And uh, you could read all about us, who we are, why we wrote the book, read yeah. about the book, and there's just hours and hours of free information to keep yourself safe there. Yeah, I wouldn't feel so guilty about saying, hey, go out and buy the book because we give away so much free stuff. So eh, It's good so to that, have it on your coffee table, quick reference, instead of having to log on the computer or on your phone and scroll through it. Buy the book and it's right there. Yeah, and I guess for I mean, take it from somebody who listens to books on tape slash audio books and also is used to listening to his iPod all the time. It is sometimes nice to just sit down with a real book. Yes. <laughs> so it's a it's a refreshing change. But uh, I guess hopefully, hopefully Jim took a uh, copy of the book to his doctor's office and he could leave it in the waiting room for other people to read too. Um, yeah, you know the doctor in a van. It doesn't have a waiting room. <laughs> So that guy doesn't have a license either. Yeah, I think I think Jim's in trouble, but I'm sure next week we'll get the full. Uh, well, we'll know if we'll I mean, if he shows story. up with a different voice, we'll know it went, went okay. <laughs> he might we'll be, be recovering. Okay. He might be recovering next week. Who knows? But uh, I, I do plan that he'll be back next week, and we'll have the crew back together. So that's good. I, then I'd we get say, even uh, cap at each other and be able to defend ourselves. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's nothing better than listening to you two go at it every week. So I will hey, say, real, quick, uh, real hmm? quick, we talked about the neighborhood watch programs. Right. If you're even thinking about, if you belong to one, or you're even thinking of uh, forming one, get a copy of the book. I mean, that's one of the best things to pass around to all the neighbors too. Instead of all the neighbors buying one, you could just share it for your block and pass it around. Heck, and if you're in California, we might even come and talk to you. Yeah, so. It depends on how close in California, but I see. So you're just truly not dedicated to this cause. Well, I don't think I want to travel, you know, 400 miles to, to sell one book. But I'm not saying we'll, that. We'll send you, Brent. Yeah, okay. Then why not? Because Brent has to record all the shows. Why shouldn't he have to go do all the talks to? <laughs> okay, I'm not going to argue with you. We'll we'll wait till next week when Jim's oh, back. Oh, come on. It's I, I feel like not part of the team. So, all right, well, we'll see you next week, and uh, we'll get Jim back here so he can defend himself. All right, everyone, stay safe, and we'll uh, see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>